Amen? Amen. And, 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 and I want to start praying it from bring I want to start praying you. Just put that. I want to start praying you for the next season that we're going in as a church. Are you with me? And as we go into the next season, I want us to begin to understand that unless we grasp what God is really saying about what is our next season, unless we grasp that, it is possible for God to do things and we not receive them. Are you with me? A farmer who does not understand what season it is does not know what seed to plant. God determines the seasons. If God says it is time for Mary to have a child, Mary will have a child. Whether Mary is married or not, God just determined the season. Are you with me? God determines the season. So this is why it's important, what I'm going to share with you, to understand that this determines the season of our lives collectively as a body of Christ. Amen. Now, you've already heard me say, as we go into the next season, we are talking about sonship a lot. And I will qualify what I mean by that. But roughly in the Bible, before I start reading scriptures, what you find that the, there is, there is, there is a, a clear understanding of sonship, S-O-N, sonship. The understanding of sonship in the Bible is in two ways. Number one, it talks about Jesus as the only begotten son of God. And in most English renderings of that, they put a capital S in your Bible for that. And then there's a second understanding of sonship, which is brethren, his brethren, Jesus' brethren, which is us. Are you with me? The second understanding of the word sonship in the Bible, it talks about us, the children of God. Now, it is used for everyone, okay? So this is, when I use the word sonship a lot of times, it's, it's, I, it includes, it's, it's, There is no female, no male. This is about being children of God. Are you with me? Have you read your Bible tell you that? There is no Greek, no Gentile. No female, no male. So it's in that understanding. When we come before God, He sees us as His children. But the, the real word used in the Bible is sons. For everyone. Amen? So this is not a gender issue. When I say sonship, may all the ladies say, me too. Yeah, you are included in that. Are you with me? I'm just trying to stick to Bible language. Monica doesn't believe me still. <laughs> so today I want to talk to you about a call, the call to sonship. Why is this important? Why has God brought us to this place where now we have to start talking about sonship. So I want to talk to you about the call to sonship so we see how really important that is. Jeremiah chapter 3, 19 to 20. Why does God want to call us sons? So today is going to be one of those learning times. If you really, if you take notes, you take notes. 
I'm not looking for for an exciting preach. I'm just looking for the understanding of sonship. Are you in Jeremiah chapter 3? Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to read verse 19 and verse 20 so we get the idea of sonship. Verse 19 and verse 20. Just bear with me one second. I'll, I'll get. Uh, I want to read a different translation. Okay, there we go. I'm going to read the New Living Translation because I like the way they've rendered it. Verse 19 says, "I thought to myself, I would love to treat you as my own children." This is God speaking. I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possession in the world. I looked forward to your calling me father, and I wanted you never to turn from me. But you have been unfaithful to me, you people of Israel. You have been like a faithless wife who leaves her husband. Her husband. I, the Lord, have spoken. Amen. So God is speaking to the children of Israel there, and he's telling them, his desire. He says, my desire for you was so that I may, I may call you my children. Now, in, in your King James Version, it will say that I may call you my sons. I so desired that you would call me father. But you have been unfaithful. Are you with me? That is the story of God to this day. Right in Genesis chapter 1, when God decided, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over everything on earth, what he meant to do was to raise up a people that were like him. A people that were in nature like him. That were the image, image of God, means in nature like him. A people that acted like him, looked like him, and behaved like him. That was always God's cry. He wanted a people that in nature look exactly like him. And do stuff like him. Are you with me? Those are the people he has always wanted to put in charge of things. The problem is the devil also knew that that's the kind of people God wants. So the devil came in and convinced Adam and Eve to sin against God. And therefore lose the nature of God in them. So they remained like empty shells, if you like. Because when God created man, he breathed his likeness into man. So man was also living just like God. Man had the life of God in him. Are you with me? I told you this is about learning. Okay, so I'm going to really take my time and teach you stuff. When God breathed into you, that breath is what the Bible calls ruach, or R-U-A-C-H, which in the Greek simply means the wind, but it really means the life of God. What makes you different from a dog is that God did not breathe into a dog. The life a dog carries and the life you carry are very different things. Hello? So God, when he breathed into a man for the man to have life, 
That was the life of God in a human being. Are you with me? That was the image of God. The likeness of God released into a person. Now when Adam and Eve sinned, the image of God, the likeness of God, which was released into them, they kind of corrupted that. Sin always corrupts the likeness of God. Because why? Because God, in him there's no sin at all. The Bible says God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. Are you with me? Are you with me? God has always wanted a people that look like him to run stuff on the earth. And these he calls sons. Why is that important? Because sons are the ones, like you saw on my little promo there, that carry the nature of their father. Yeah? I'm amazed right now that uh, when I was younger, I didn't think I, 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 I looked any bit like my father. But now as I grow older, I catch myself in the mirror and I go, whoa, that looked like my dad. Yeah? It's amazing in your family, the older you grow, the more you all start looking a bit alike. When you're young, you look very different. But when you start growing older, you find that, oh, okay, actually, we, we look a bit alike. You, you, you kind of regress or progress towards your parents. Choose whichever way you want. <laughs> For some of you, it's regression. <laughs> but are you with me? I look at my wife, and, 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 and the older she grows, the more she looks like her mom. You know, God willing, David's mom is going to come very soon, and you will see what I mean. You know? The, the, the older she grows, she walks like her, she, she even laughs like her. And I'm going, whoa. And sometimes I post pictures of Asante and people say, oh, he's a double of you. But you know what? The older they all grow, the more they will look like us. So bless you if you're praying to be six foot tall. I bless you, son. May God, may God do that miracle. He didn't do it for me. <laughs> Why does God want sons running his business? Because sons carry the nature of him. Surely it's much easier to let your son run your business than a servant. Because a servant works according to the pay you're going to give them and according to the time limit they're contracted for. Are you with me? It doesn't matter. You know, people have tried. They have tried to make other people slaves so that those people can produce more and more. It really doesn't matter. A slave will only do enough to get away with it. Hello? Enough. And that's why people came up with the adage, if you want anything doing, do it yourself. <laughs> no, no, no. God looks at it this way. Let your son do it. Why? Because sons carry the nature of the Father. Sons can be trusted by the Father. So God has always wanted sons on earth. And when Adam and Eve fell, that became a problem. And so God preached this even through Abraham. We are now at Abraham. Are you with me? What happened to Abraham? God deliberately decided to say, okay, Abraham, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Did you hear that? Yeah. 
He said to Abraham, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now we need to stop and ask ourselves, how? What did he mean? Because God used Abraham's life as a prophecy for what he himself, God, was going to do to bless the nations. You see, for many years, you've wondered why the Bible calls Abraham a prophet. God calls Abraham a prophet, by the way. When Abraham was, 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 was uh, well, when he lied to Ahimelech, and he said to Ahimelech, hey, you, uh, this, is, this Sarah is not my wife, she's my sister. Because he was scared that she's too beautiful, these foreigners are going to steal my wife. He was in exile. And he lied that she's my sister. And so the king thought, oh, she's your sister, she looks beautiful, she'll be my wife. So he took her. Well, don't blame the king. Abraham did it. He, he had a problem. And, and, and when Abraham did that, what happened was this man, when he took this woman, what happened is that God reacted against the king. God went after him, caused barrenness in his family, and the king suffered a lot until it was revealed to him by God, the, man, the wife you have taken from, the, the woman you have taken is that man's wife. And God said to Ahimelech, he said, take the woman back because that man is a prophet. God himself called Abraham a prophet. But you see, you wonder why God calls Abraham a prophet. Because you've not heard Abraham prophesy like Isaiah, like Ezekiel, like Jeremiah, like Elijah, like Elisha. He doesn't prophesy. But God took Abraham's life and turned it into a prophecy. Are you with me? So God made Abraham a prophet, but he was a different kind of prophet. He didn't just speak. He lived the prophecy. Case in point, or one of the examples you can use, is when God asks Abraham, take Isaac to the mountain. Sacrifice your only begotten son. Sounds like John chapter 3, 16. Because God is prophesying through Abraham, me too, I will sacrifice my only begotten son for the blessedness of all mankind. So Abraham, what Abraham did figuratively, God accomplished in full. Are you with me? So Abraham was prophesying that Christ would die. He stood in the place of the father and his son, his only son, who was Isaac. Hello? Stood in the place of Christ. So Abraham, his life becomes to be a prophet. Now if you understand that, then rewind a little bit and understand this. This is why Abraham had to pursue a son. Because God wanted to also prophesy through Abraham that this is how I am pursuing sons for myself. This is why it took 25 years for Abraham to have the son of promise. Because God was trying to prophesy through Abraham that me, I will always pursue mankind so that I may have a son of promise. I don't have time to go into that today, but let me just give you a little taster of it. A little taster of this is this. When Abraham was pursuing a son, he, he cried before God. He says, who will inherit my stuff? Shall it be my servant? And God said, no. Because sons 
are allowed to do the father's business, two sons inherit the father's kingdom. So God refused. When Abraham said, can I just use my servant? And God said, no. Not that the servant is bad, but God was preaching that, no, no, no. I want sons one day in 2018 in whole to understand that this kingdom belongs to sons. It's not about servants. That's the message we were preaching in Ghana. It's great to serve God, but the kingdom belongs to sons. They inherit. So after a while, Sarah came up with some wisdom. She, she says, okay, it's my, the problem is me. I can't conceive. So let me get you my servant girl. And Abraham, if you sleep with my servant girl, have a child with my servant girl. I will have a son. And that happened. And Abraham had this child outside Sarah. Right? With Hagar. And Abraham also brought that child before God. He says, God, who will inherit? This, I've got a son now. Shall this one inherit? And God said, not this one. Why? Because this was not a child of promise. This child was conceived according to human will. And God had wanted to preach that, no, no, no. The people that will inherit the kingdom are not going to do it by human will and human strength. Abraham had to have a child by faith. Somebody say by faith. So God waited. For that to be possible, God waited until he was 99 years old. So that it was by faith. (laughs) I, I know you think you're having a child by faith. But listen to this one. 99 years old. His wife, 90. God waited so that it could be by faith. Are you with me? Romans 4, 16, the Bible says, For Abraham it was of faith, so it may be of grace. Because God wanted to preach one powerful prophetic message. The children that will inherit the kingdom will inherit it by faith. Come and say amen. Amen. I'll go back to Ghana. They were saying amen much quicker than you. <laughs> Are you not from Ghana? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, come on. Yeah. By faith. By faith. This was prophesied through the life of prophet Abraham. So that you and I can understand today that our call to sonship is by faith. Not by human descent. Not only those that are connected to Abraham by flesh. Galatians chapter 3, the Bible says, right? It is not just those that are connected by flesh to Abraham that become sons. It is those that are connected to him by faith. This is how we become sons of God. God has always looked for sons. God is always looking for children to work with on earth. Children to inherit his business. Children to do his kingdom. Children to whom he can show his goodness. He is always looked for his children. But his children come to be children by faith and not by works. So you don't become a child of God because you were born in church. You don't become a child of God because you are a preacher like me. You don't become a child of God by any of your works. You become a child of God by faith. Just like Isaac became a child of Abraham by faith. 
I don't know what you would feel like if you grew up with your parents. One of them is 100 years old. The other one is 99 years old. I don't know. Oh, he's 90 something years old. By the time Isaac was a teenager, I think his dad is 100 and something. I don't know what it feels like. But it's not such a hard thing to believe if his parents turned to you and said, Daniel, <laughs> by faith. Right? You would know. Like me, I was really born by faith. Look at my dad. Look at my mom. Isaac knew he was a proper faith child, if you like. Yeah? The same applies to you. Some people find it very hard if we say to them, Look, you are chosen of God. If you put your faith in him, you become God's child. How? Well, if, if Isaac was born, you can also be a child of God. Because he was born to parents that are 100 years old. That was definitely by faith. You too can be a child of God. Amen. You don't believe me. You too can be a child of God. Amen. You are the son that God is looking for. Yeah. Are you with me? God wants to do business with sons. Hey, the Bible says, actually Jesus said, it is, it is the father's pleasure to give the kingdom to his children. Most of us don't understand what that means, right? It's, it's the father's pleasure to give you his kingdom. Most of us don't get it. If he, you know, it's his pleasure to give you his goodness. The Bible says, in his presence there is fullness of joy at his right hand. There are pleasures evermore. I don't know whether you get what I'm talking about. It is his pleasure to give you his kingdom. He gives it to his children. But you become children by faith. Are you with me? By faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you begin to believe God, when you begin to trust God, when you begin to believe in Him and to walk with Him, what is happening is that that faith is turning you into a son. And soon the kingdom belongs to you. The reason why most of us will not have an impact on the face of the earth in, in spite of saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is because we do not understand that it is by faith that we inherit sonship. Oh, let me finish. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. We're going to talk about the story of the prodigal son. Amen. How many know that story? I'm not going to read it. So how many have heard the story of the prodigal son? You know the story of the prodigal son? Okay, the story is about two sons. It is not about one son. Hello? So uh, that title that the Bible, well, the, the editors later gave the title, the, story, the prodigal son, is slightly misleading. Because Jesus does not talk about one son. He talks about two sons. And he talks about the father. The truth is the title should be the story of a father and two sons. Yeah. Because he just doesn't talk about one of them. It's very important that you get it. 
Because Jesus, the reason he's giving the full story, including talking about the other son, is because it's the full message. It's not Jesus who called it the story of the prodigal son. It's the editors for your help so that you can find it quickly. But since then, musicals have been written about it and all that, and now we have all just concentrated on one son. Jesus didn't mean for us to concentrate on just one aspect. Are you with me? So this story of two sons, that's why most people will know about the prodigal son. They ask them about the older son, they will think it doesn't relate. Because <laughs> they learned it from the musicals, right? From the West End. Listen, this story of two sons, in summary, is a story that Jesus used to explain the kingdom of the Father. How the kingdom is given to sons. This is a call to sonship. Are you with me? So he tried to explain how the kingdom is given to sons. So he introduces the first character, the father. Everybody say the father. So he introduces the father. And it seems like the father is representing God the father. The Bible says again, I repeat, in his his presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures evermore. This father sounded like God. He had all sorts of stuff. He was a kingdom by himself. How do I know that? Because when the younger child came and said, I'm fed up of being in your presence. I want my half of the kingdom and I want to take my portion and go. The father gave it to him. When he gave it to him, the Bible says he went to a far, far country. How many know that costs? So he wasn't given two pounds. Hello? And the Bible says he stayed there long. And the Bible says he threw party after party. And the Bible ends by saying then he became broke. Well, to be broke, it means he was given something. Hello? Hello? You see, if you had 100 pounds as your inheritance, there's no point in saying, and then he became broke. You were already broke. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> but I'm just telling you the truth, right? If, if, if your inheritance is, is, is 200 pounds, there's no point in saying, and then Bright became broke. He was broke. That was 200 pounds. You're already broke. You can't, you can't, I mean, you know, you can't sleep in a hotel for, for seven days for 200 pounds. Right? Are you with me? So, so, so he had, he was loaded. The first, this, this son. So it shows that in, in the presence of the father, these two boys had everything. They were provided for. Are you with me? They were provided for. They were okay. They were in the presence of the Father. Everything was nice. <laughs> Tikitibu, as they would say. And they were having fun. And then he decided. It's amazing how when you, you think, ah, you, when you're in a good place and it's nothing to do with you, you, you quickly insult it, right? You quickly say, ah, ah, I can do this by myself. Then when you go, now you're paying bills. Now you're saying, you're, you've added, you know, <laughs> you know that song that says, thank you, Jesus. Now you've also added your parents to that list. <laughs> it's like, no. I, <laughs> are you with me? Are you with me? I'm going to finish soon. 
So he took off. So let's, let's, so the father represents God the father. The first son, the prodigal one, who took off and went, he, he exhibited a certain way of living that was not very good in terms of a picture of sonship. That's what Jesus is trying to paint. What you find is that these two boys, even though their father was lauded, did not know how to be sons. The kingdom belongs to sons. But both of them were in the presence of their father and they could not inherit the kingdom. The first one, because of a spirit of independence. He thought, "Ah, I could do this by myself. So he takes his portion, he runs off, and he wastes himself. And the Bible says he became so desperate. It's like what's happening in the world today. You say to people, you have to be a child of God. They say, no, I'm okay. I've got enough. It's God who gave you that. They say, no, no, I'm okay. But they have got a spirit of independence in them. They think as long as they have a roof over their head, they have a job, they're okay. I don't need God. I'm healthy. Listen. The prodigal son thought he was healthy. He thought he was loaded. But it ended up in darkness. Are you with me? The worldly system will always end you in disappointment. It doesn't matter how loaded you are. Because it's a spirit of independence. You take from the Father all the gifts he has given you for free. You were born with these gifts. You take from his presence and you go and try and build your own empire. That's what he tried to do and he failed miserably. It doesn't matter. Don't, don't, don't get moved by people just because they look like they're doing so well. You know, oh, have you seen the car they're driving? Listen to me. If you're not a child of God, there's never going to be any satisfaction at the end of it. It might look like it's going great. They're buying a new house. Oh, whoa, whoa. But listen very carefully. They're using the gifts of God to build their own empire. It will not end well. Never ends well. That's why some people commit suicide and you're surprised they committed suicide. They looked like they had it made. People richer than you can commit suicide. Huh? People with bigger houses than you. Some of them have got the most expensive bed and cannot sleep. Because it doesn't end well if it's independent spirit. You have to understand how to be a son. Because the kingdom belongs to children of God. Are you with me? The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. If you run away from the kingdom of God, you're running away from righteousness. You're running away from the peace. And you're running away from joy. Now let's see what's going to happen to your life. Because it says in his presence there is fullness of joy. If you run away from the Father, you're running away from the fullness of joy. So where are you going to get it? Whatever the world will offer will always never be fullness of joy. Because it says, in his presence. So these two boys did not get it. So the first one didn't get it. So as he ran away from the father, he tried to build. Let me try and bring this to a close. He tried to build. He failed. But the Bible says he came to his senses. If you're going to be a son and respond to the call of the father, you're going to come to your senses. And sometimes coming to your senses means... Usually means letting go of your ego, letting go of your pride, letting go of who or whatever you think you are and come to your senses. Hello? 
Because the Bible says he came to his senses and he said, Ah, in my father's house. My theory is as soon as he said, My father, things were working for him. Because the problem he had is he never called him my father. As soon as he says, In my father's house, there are servants doing better than me. I'm going to go back. And when he turns up, he says to his father, Daddy, I, I, this is the irony that's happening here. Okay, it's, it's, it's interesting what's happening. Because he's calling him my father. He's saying, Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Call me servant. Father, call me servant. It doesn't add up. Daddy, call me servant. No wonder his daddy was not responding. Because when he says, Father, call me servant, the father says, Give him my robe. And he says, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. He says, bring the ring, put it on his finger. Daddy, call me servant. He says, let's throw a party for him. Because it's not adding up. He's mixed up. Because the father is excited because finally he can hear him say, You see, if you're going to be a son, you're going to learn to lose your independent spirit and learn to come before God as your father. And honor him as a father. Are you with me? When they asked Jesus, 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 how shall we pray? Teach us to pray. Jesus said, when you pray, say this, our father. You see, most of us have the mentality that God is this God, that that he's a God. He's a father. This is a kingdom of a father. That's, that, you know, you, you, you will chill a little bit when you understand this. It's a kingdom of a father. That's why there's everlasting mercy for you. There is love for you. What he wants is to run to you. Actually, the Bible says he ran to the father. Do you understand? Culturally, he shouldn't be running to his son. Sorry. He said he, fathers don't usually run to their sons. Culturally. In that culture. Even in my culture, I've never seen my dad run towards me. You know? Have I run towards you yet? Come on. <laughs> but do you understand? Culturally, it wasn't working. If you're going to go into further details, these men never used to wear trousers. This is why when David danced, the Bible says he exposed himself. So he's not supposed to be running towards his son. But he did it anyway. This is a father's kingdom. Are you with me? This is not about performance. Sonship is given, not earned. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This boy has not... He he, he hasn't earned sonship. He just knows that he's my son. Your children, they didn't earn sonship in your house. You don't go like, oh, children, today you're going to earn if I'm to be called your daddy, you have to... No, they're just your children. Sonship is given. It's a gift. When? When you, bo- you are born. When you accept Jesus in your life, sonship is given. You change, as Pastor Isaac was teaching us here. Your position changes. Your identity changes. Your status changes. I'm not going to go into that. If you are not here, it's your fault. Are you with me? I'm going to finish now. But you see, the first problem was independence. So you're going to kick independence out and understand you belong to the Father. He takes care of you. 
You don't have to worry too much about yourself. This independent spirit is the same one he, Jesus is addressing in Matthew 6 when he says, you worry about what you're going to eat. You worry too much about what you're going to wear. The father, he says, the father who takes care of the birds of the air, he knows that you have need of these things. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But what does an independent spirit say? No. What are you talking about? I'll take care of me. That's an independent spirit. You've got to break it by calling God your father. And understand, father, the word father means the source of everything. So, you know, if you can even just start acknowledging in your own home, God, you are the father in my life. You are the father of my life. Everything I have comes from you. Every good gift comes from you. You get your system appreciating God as the father. And soon you will walk with the realization that you have a father. Are you with me? I've learned it the hard way. I was 17 when my, my father died. And when at the same time as I was crying, I was under a tree and my, 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 my dad died. And, 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 and I'm crying and I've got exams to write and all this. And, and I'm crying under a tree. I was, you know, just, just crying and crying and crying away from everybody else. Okay? And I'm crying. That's the best way I cry. You know? And I'm crying and crying. And, and then, bam, my eyes opened and I see a vision. And I'm going, what's going on? And I see a massive tall pillar. I was 17, I'm saying. And I saw a massive tall pillar. It was big, a pillar. It was big. It, it's unmovable. And, and then I was, I'm seeing myself on top of the pillar. And, 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 and then I begin to go, what is this? It's troubling me. And I begin to pray. And God spoke to me. I remember very well. He spoke to me to say, I, I, I will be your father. That's all. I was 17. Now I'm old. <laughs> A little bit. And he has been my father. You've got to know God as your father. Are you with me? I know some of us have worked so hard in life and we've slaved, we've slaved, and, and we can't really click to the understanding that there is a father watching over you. And some of us, is maybe the fathers we've known in the natural, they have messed up our thinking of a father. Because they have no fullness of joy. Listen, you have a father. No independence. Let's finish by the second son. The second son had a slave mentality. Because when the father says, let's throw a party, my son who was lost is back. And they were having a party. The older brother came back. Have you heard it? He came back and he heard the party. And he thought, what's going on? I think at the back of his mind, he's thinking, oh, finally, they're going to do something for me. I've slaved in this place for so long. Hallelujah. And he draws near and he asks one of the servants just to be polite. What's going on? And the servant says, your brother, your brother is back. The one that went away, he's back. And instead of celebrating and running in, he churns up in his heart. And he goes, no, I'm not going in. He threw a tantrum. Amazing, right? Right there in the Bible, it's written, he refused to go in. He said, I'm not going in. And his father still came out. You have such a wonderful father. Because he still came out to the other guy. And he goes, what's, what's wrong? 
And the guy says, look, I have slaved for you for many years. You've never even killed a goat for me and my friends. He uses the word slave. And the father breaks down. Because the father says, oh, my son, everything I have is yours. The kingdom belongs to you. But you're not a son. You're being a slave. It is possible to be saved and be a slave in your head. Are you with me? Because this guy, when you look at him, you, 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 you would prefer to be him than the prodigal son, most of us. Because we will say, ah, he stayed with the father. This guy is always in church. This guy is like, ah, he's serving. The father needs somebody to go out. He runs, he does it. He's serving. He's such a nice guy. According to everybody else. Rotten. He's waiting for his payday. Listen. If we continue to serve in the house of God without understanding we are sons first and foremost, we'll be busy just waiting for our payday. The reason we are here is because we believe God is going to solve our miracle. God is going to provide a husband. God is going to provide money. God is going to provide a business. Hallelujah. And that's the reason we are rushing to the house of God. Ah, well and good, but it's not good enough. It's not good enough. We have to understand, you see, this is, uh, you know, understand, this is what defeats most of us even in prayer. Because we believe, we think prayer is just asking God for things. So when we finish our list, that's it. Why should I pray some more? I don't understand why pastor says we should pray every day. Why should I pray every day? I have everything. No, prayer is not about asking God. First and foremost, prayer is being a son. It is looking for God, not asking God for things. You see, if every time this guy talks to me, he wants something. And believe me, that happens, right? If you've got children, you know that happens, you know? He's every, as soon as you pick them from school, they are standing, right? I want that, I want that. And you go, hey, hey, stop asking me for stuff. Just be with me. Hello? Because if every time I sat down with my son, it's about... He wants PlayStation. He wants... It, it's not good enough. I need to teach him that. No, 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 no. I'm your daddy. You should enjoy my presence. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Hello? Hi. And it's true, children enjoy your presence. Because I miss you. They just miss you. I've been away the past week, and, and this guy, he, you won't admit it, but you missed me so much. Because you, call, you called me in Ghana to tell me something that you could have waited to tell me. You know? <laughs> but, you know, you know, Zoe will tell me, she would, I miss you. No, no, it's, it's, it's not about McDonald's. It's not, you never believe when people say, I miss you. Oh, what do you want? <laughs> the problem is not them, it's you. <laughs> you have a problem. You, th you think people always want from you. No, they don't. They just miss you. Hello? It's possible. People can miss you. Yeah? <laughs> but it's the same thing with our father. We have come into a kingdom of a father. 
This kingdom belongs to your father. And he wants us to learn how to be sons. That's all he wants. He wants us to really learn how to be sons. And so when you go to pray, that's what you're doing. You are first, first and foremost, you are doing our father. Jesus did not begin by give us each day our daily bread. He began by our father. Okay? So you're doing our, the first thing, you, you know, that way even your prayer life will never be such a dwindling prayer life. You will understand that, oh, you know, I've got to talk to my father. People say, what? I don't know what to pray about. Remember when you were dating? For those of you that have had, no, no you're not yet. Many years to come. <laughs> so, but, but, but did you ever go out on a date and uh, somebody that you've really fallen in love with and, and you, you know, you know, you know, some of you are reminding you of great things, right? Uh, some of you are praying. <laughs> did you ever go out on a date with somebody that you really love and, and you're so worried about what you're going to talk about? It kind of just seems to work. You sit and you talk about nothing, but it's good. But you really talk about really nothing, right? So people call them sweet nothings, right? You talk about nothing, and you're on the phone and you're saying, ah, bye, bye. Oh, you, you hang up. You call. No, you hang up. You hang up. Isn't it happened to some of you? Oh, my I remember, you know, when, when I, this has happened to me many times when I was with my wife uh, before we got married, and she was here, and I was back in Malawi, and, and she was here for two years before I came, and, and, and we would talk on the phone. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have a mobile phone then. So we would wait for my brother, who had a mobile phone, to come back from work. <laughs> and so when he comes back from work, and the time difference and all that stuff would happen, and he would come back from work, but this girl would always go, whether it's 1 or 2 or 12 midnight. So when my brother would come back, he would just throw the phone in on me. I'll be sleeping in bed, and he would just come back, and he would throw the phone on my bed. And, 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 and it's, within a few minutes, it will ring. I'll wake up, brother will pick up, you know, and, and we'll talk, oh, we'll talk, we'll talk, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And we talk, we talk, we talk. Are you with me? I can't remember half the stuff we talked about. <laughs> That is what we call being in each other's presence. Now, can we just understand that the Father just wants you in His presence and discuss stuff with Him and talk to Him? The problem we have, most of us, we think of prayer in the least. Oh, wow, how shall I get to move, Jesus? (laughs) Jesus can move without you shouting at Him. Learn to relax in the presence. And, and I just want to be your son. And, and have fun. You know, God, I, I love you. I love you. I, I love to be in your presence. And, and as you begin to pray, as you begin to pray, you begin to know who the Father really is in your life. Are you with me? I'm going to finish. But are you with me? You have a Father. Learn to be a son. Learn to be a child of God. You've been called. He wants you to be a child. That's why he said the kingdom of God belongs to those that are like these, meaning children. But he didn't mean those that behave like children. He means those that are sons. That's the kingdom of God. My children, it is, it is my pleasure to go 
do some food shopping, come back home, and it is my pleasure to see them rejoice and eat what I bought. You know what pains you as a parent is when you think they're going to really love this and they don't like it. Because you realize you just love your children having a great time. The reason you will buy certain things is because of your children. And you will buy, you buy, and you like, oh, you see them like it. Oh, I like this, daddy. You feel good. Feels great. It's like, yeah. I feel good when you eat. Don't eat too much. <laughs> Let's stand up. And we're going to finish. We just want to be sons. Are you with me? He just wants us to be his children. And just relax before him and say, Father, I believe in you. You are my father. You are my father. And you know, the more you begin to trust him, the more he will take care of you as a father. Uh, there's a secret, a little secret. Only those that know that he's the father get to experience him as a father. That's the secret. It's a small secret. If you don't know that he's your father, you don't get to experience him as a father. Are you with me? I don't know if you've had a child before and that little baby and, and when you have that little baby and a newborn baby and you're looking at that baby and you're moved and you're like, wow, oh wow, wow. But you're waiting. You see, the, the, when, I, when we had our first child, <laughs> which is you again or something, when we had our first child, I, you know, I couldn't, I, you know, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed being with Asante, but I couldn't wait for him to say daddy, you know. I just couldn't wait because I was like, I was like, how is it gonna sound if this boy starts to say daddy? Oh, and he's talking to me. Do you understand? Because when your son begins to realize that you are the father, it is something in you that just clicks. It clicks. When he when he realizes that this is my daddy, he feels great. As a small, even before they start saying daddy, but when they just realize that this is my parent. You know, at some point, maybe they don't realize, especially if you're working and you're far away, and they're not realizing, and, and anybody, any person they see, they can cry for. But as soon as they start re recognizing who's the mom, who's the dad, then they know how to get their attention. Because then they, they recognize the parent and the parent responds slightly different. Parents love it, you know. They say, kids, oh, this one cries when I'm away. But they actually love it. Yeah? Mothers love it as well, right? You come with your baby to church and you give your baby to everyone else and the baby behaves like you know. It's at least sometimes when the baby goes, you feel good. Like, oh, you, you can also go to other people, but come back. <laughs> because there is something about a recognition that you are the parent. When your child honors you as the parent, you become the parent over the child. Are you with me? Honor is what releases the gift of fatherhood. There's many people that don't know God as their father because they have not honored him as father. Let's begin there today.
We're going to say, God, we want to be your children. I want to honor you as as your child, as my father. Some of you, you're going to find yourself repenting in these few minutes saying, God, I repent because I've just looked at you as a God that is harsh, that is demanding stuff of me. I've looked at you as a God that is displeased with me and wants to punish me because I know I'm not perfect. I've looked at you in different ways. Maybe I've just looked at you as a God who should do stuff for me, who should heal me. If you are there, why are you not providing? If you are there, why do I have this problem? And I've looked at you as that kind of a God. Today, I want to look at you as a father. I want to be your child. I am your child. I have placed my faith in you. And I want to be known as a child of God. As Tony is just playing that over us, I want you to take a moment and just pray. Just pray. This is just you and the Father. Just pray. Thank you, Jesus. Just pray. Lord, I want to be who you say I am. I'm a child of God. Lord, I want to be who you say I am.